Hello, hello, it's Wendy. Today's podcast is about mind machines, which are kind of a weird concept, but I will help you to understand what they are. Before we get started, I want you to know that the Creative Genius Program, which has several sessions in it, they're all to stimulate your creativity, make you sharper and happier and just think differently, is 30% off. The coupon code is MINDLOVE. And 30% off, it's a great deal. It has so many sessions. You've got to go look at wendy.com, W-E-N-D-I.com. And you can look at the link for all courses. And then you can search for Creative Genius. Also, I'll put a link directly to it in the comments below. So now, we just need to get started. Today is all about mind machines. And mind machines are something that I created and they help you take certain tasks and organize them in your brain so that you can use these mind machines to have an effect of making you smarter, having a better memory, processing things unconsciously below your conscious awareness that you might not have thought were possible. Now there's a book from Win Wenger that he's a genius. He's just amazing. He um, does these sessions that are about uh, finding your creative genius, putting on the head of a genius or borrowed genius. And some miraculous things have happened from what he has done with the borrowed genius work. If you don't know Win Wenger, you can buy his book that is called Borrowed Genius. He passed away recently, which is unfortunate because he definitely is, still is a very creative and powerful source. Here's something interesting he says. Hypnotized students who were working with Vladimir Ryakov became convinced that they were Rembrandt. So what happened here? There were some students who were hypnotized in order to believe that they were a famous artist and embody the art and the creativity of Rembrandt. When they did that hypnosis, even though these were not painters, they came out of it and dramatically improved their art skills just from that. Many years later, Ryakov showed Wen Wenger a video where he'd done a similar experiment in the Moscow Conservatory of Music. He hypnotized piano students into believing they were Rachmaninoff, and again, the results were dramatic. In 1977, Wen's first experiment was with the Burrow Genius Technique. An administrative assistant was starting to take violin lessons. She leapt from being a raw beginner to an advanced student in two lessons by putting on the head of great violinists. She came by to visit three weeks later and gave Wynn's group a very nice concert. This experiment launched his Project Renaissance. I'm reading this from his book, Borrowed Genius, by the way. Another example of the early success with Borrowed Genius dealt with a young man. He was not going to make his high school's baseball team. Working with Wynn during an hour of putting on the heads of his various baseball heroes, he discovered through one of those hero heads how to get extra focus on the baseball by swinging not at the baseball itself, but at an imaginary fly speck on the baseball. He made the team. In his first 10 games, he batted an amazing 800. At the end of the season, he was voted MVP, not only by his team, but also by his school's entire league. Isn't that cool? And this is just by doing a process 
of borrowed genius and putting on the head of a genius. So I want to teach you about this today and help you understand it. And we're going to have a little explanation and some of the things that you can do with it. And then I'm going to do a short hypnosis session with you, like maybe 10 minutes, and let you get into your borrowed genius. So when you think about the things that we can do so much better with our subconscious mind, but way better than we can with our conscious mind, there are some applications that may help you and that might interest you. I started doing mind machines with kids who were in school of different ages, helping them to sharpen their skills or get over any fears of certain things. Well, there was one child who came in who couldn't spell very well. She was about 10 years old and she just couldn't remember how to spell any of the words. Now, some of it could have been because there were some negative emotional situations that happened when maybe she got laughed at for not being able to spell, or she kept getting failing grades from all her bad spelling. But anyway, she came in and we made a machine to spell for her. While she was relaxed with her eyes closed, I had her imagine a machine in her brain where she would hear the word and it would go into the machine on one side, and then it would come out the other side spelled perfectly. So we tested it out and she made the machine have some levers and some buttons and some colors, which is good because that way your brain can remember how to access it. And I would have her put a word into the machine like orange and it would go in the machine on one side and it would come out and I said, tell me what letters you see. And she said, O-R-A-N-G-E said, good, what else do you know? She says, well, the letters are in orange. So then I had her put another word in, like touch. And I said, what do you see? Put that in the machine and it comes out and she says, T-O-U-C-H. I said, good. So we went over several words and I think there was only one that had one wrong letter. And then I had a word that I asked her, which was Africa. Now, important to this Part of it is that she was a black child, and so there are a couple different ways to spell Africa, one being more culturally spelled another way. Anyway, so the word goes in, it comes out, and she says, it says, A-F-R-I-C-K-A. She says, that doesn't seem right, and the K is a different color. It's yellow, and it's different than the other letters, and I said, oh, isn't that interesting? So... She took the K out, and she says, oh, now it's spelled right, A-F-R-I-C-A. But what's interesting in this is that somewhere her brain had seen the other spelling of Africa that uses a K. And that's, I'm sure that's what happened because that does appear. But her brain knew that K isn't in our spelling of Africa and made it appear as a different color. Isn't that brilliant? Ah, our brains. I did something with options traders in San Francisco who worked in the pits, yelling and screaming every day for hours while the broker would come to the head of your pit and then you'd be yelling and screaming and having to make all these decisions really fast. In order to make their bid, they had to look at, uh, there's a TV monitor on the left and a TV monitor on the right, and they have to compare the unlike fractions of these numbers in the two TV monitors find the difference as fast as they can so they can yell and scream and make their bid. Well, this is complicated for some people, for most people, 
because it might say three and one sixteenth, and the other screen is seven and five eighths. <laughs> and you've got to get the differences really fast. And it was hard for them to do consciously, but everyone had to do it. So I would see them every week and go up into their office after the market closed. And then we did a hypnosis session specifically to get them to build a machine that would know the difference in the unlike fractions and give the total instantly. So I tested them on this after we did our hypnosis session to build the machine. There were two round fields on the top, like a yellow one and a green one, and then on the bottom there was another one that was maybe purple, a circle. So I would, with their eyes closed, I would have them put the one number on the left, the other number on the right, and the answer would appear in the circle underneath. And of course, this is all in their imagination. So we went over about 20 of these um, computations. So I would be saying uh, three and a quarter and eight and three sixteenths. And then they would just see it and they would then open their eyes and write down the answer. We did this with a lot of different ones and there were several of the men that were participating. And then when we were done, I had them open their eyes and I said, now I need you to see how many are correct. So I want you to just find out the actual answer, which took them quite a while to do it manually, but it turned out that they were all correct. Everyone got all of them right in a split second, just like that, without even trying. They got them all correct, even though to try and get the answers by just, you know, doing them manually, it was really hard. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I just loved that. I was feeling pretty good that day. So now when they're in the pits, they have an edge because the visuals of the two fields in the top are where the numbers are going to go. They don't have to have their eyes closed. They don't have to be in hypnosis, but the answer would appear right there on the bottom. That was really cool. There was a woman that came to me to help pass her bar exam because she had failed it three different times. I know nothing about a bar exam, nothing, but I figured I'd give it a shot and I wanted to build her a machine that would store all the information she was studying. So when she went through and reviewed one more time for this exam, she would put the information into different uh, machines. I guess machines might not be the best word, but they were storage units. Each one had a different color, a different texture, something that identified them differently and that made sense to her. Like one was for torts. So all the torts that she was memorizing would go there. Um, one of them was for certain types of decisions, legal decisions, and those had a different color element and all that would go there. So there were probably about 10 different ones. And this was mind boggling to me, but fascinating still. So then when she was having me kind of um, practice with her, I was saying, you know, what about this and this and this? And so then her machine in her brain would connect the container that was for torts with a container that was for legal decisions or judges or something. And so when she, and she would get them right, but she, when she went home, she would review and put the information intentionally into those different spaces that were all different. Each one is different color, different texture, different shape, so that her brain could compartmentalize the information. And she said when she took the exam that there were parts of it that were 
reaching out to each other to find the information that was needed, and she passed the exam. So that was really, really cool. We can do that with just about anything. Like, if I ask you to think about fruits right now, think about whatever comes to mind when I say think about fruits. You think about, some of you are in the grocery store looking at fruits right now, imagining that. Some of you are chopping an apple. Some of you are going through your refrigerator kind of unconsciously, like what fruits you have there. Some of you are seeing a fruit basket. Maybe some of you are just seeing an orange. Well, we all have different ways of deciding what it is that we access when we're thinking of a specific thing. And these are all in different areas of your brain. It isn't that fruits are all stored in the exact same place in your brain, but we could make them do that. We want to build this machine of whatever kind you're going to be making without the emotional content. So for instance, if you're if you're a child and you're trying to figure out how to spell, there's emotional content in that because you're frustrated, because you have been a bad speller, you've gotten bad grades, you feel really bad about yourself, you're really embarrassed. Now when it's time to do your spelling, all those emotions are connected to it. All of those bad feelings are being triggered. And now you're expected to be able to spell. It just doesn't work when we have all the frustration or sadness or old memories being triggered that we're expecting our brain to do some basic functions. By making compartments or visual objects of some sort, we're taking this process away from the frustration or the emotional stuff and away from the pressure of having to try really hard to figure it out. All right, still with me? Okay. So... We have so many old memories that are connected to all these different things. And then we build beliefs about ourselves, like when you forget someone's name and you say, oh, I'm so bad with names. Ah, oh, geez, I feel bad. I can't remember your name. I know you've told me three times. Or if we tell someone, yeah, I'm just so bad at math. I did terrible in school and I just, I, I just can't figure out certain stuff math-wise. You're building a negative belief that is going to be something that your brain is going to operate from. So now when you try to do some math, your brain's going to also access the area of your brain where you hold those beliefs and emotions, disappointments and failures about doing math. If you think you're a bad speller, when you try to go to spell, your brain is going to include those emotions and the memories and you're not going to remember them distinctly but all of the content of the emotions failures fears stress is all going to be there with the need to try to do math make sense what else can we adapt these uh mind machines to besides spelling and traders and um <laughs> bar exams well, we can make them for a golfer, for instance. Golfers have a lot of emotional content about their game. They have times where they can't get out of the ruts. They have the yips. They can't putt anymore. Like all these little things that happen. And they need something that takes them out of whatever triggered that state of mind. And working with athletes, which I really love doing, if you're an athlete out there, see me. <laughs> Uh, working with athletes, we can change 
how they're processing information really quickly, we just have to put it into a different area of their brain. For instance, a golfer who's having trouble putting, we want to get the experience of putting to be in a totally different, you know, maybe it's not location, but in a totally different container in the brain that has nothing to do with the feelings of failure or the fears of putting bad or the times where you've blown it just by one or two putts. We want to create a mind machine that is your putting machine. And when it opens up, it has all the skills, all the thoughts, all the feelings that are that, mm, that beautiful putt with everything just right, rolling right into the cup. Now, we have to create it first. So I would have a golfer with their eyes closed and they would be imagining a putting green. And I tell them that their subconscious mind knows everything about how far the cup is, how it will roll, how much of a shot they need to give it to get right in that cup. And I would have them practice it, but first we're going to identify that there's a machine in your brain that takes all this information into account and allows you to have a putt that is intuitive, that is naturally just the smoothest thing, interpreting all that information subconsciously. So when we do that, now maybe that part of their brain is one really big golf ball. <laughs> and while we're doing the process of them experiencing themselves, getting that putt just beautiful, everything lines up, we're asking to store it in this imaginary golf ball image in their brain. Now what that does is it allows the golfer to use this as a trigger when he's on the putting green. He imagines that golf ball that has all those skills. It knows exactly the elements that are there, what the role is, how the green is fast or slow today, how much speed if there's a little uphill, downhill. And instead of going to his frustration or hers, of course, um, instead of having that come up, the golfer is going to the place in their brain that we worked on that has all those excellent skills so they don't have to put so much effort into it. Now, let's meet your genius. This is a thing from Win Wanger that is just brilliant. You can find someone who is your genius. What is it that you want to be good at? Remember when I was saying there's a like the violin player by her second lesson, she was really advanced. Um, and the person who was a painter that decided to be Rembrandt and that was his genius and then suddenly he was just way better painter. Well, you can do this with almost any experience that you want. If you do the process that Win Winger gives you, it's called Borrowed Genius, and that's also the name of his book, Borrowed Genius. You will be entering the body and the mind and the thought process and the really good solid habits and the inspiration and the creative thinking of that genius. So we're going to do a hypnosis session in a moment. That is for you to find your genius. Yes. <laughs> and get inside of that body and that mind. Yeah, that is what we will do with you. To prepare for our session, I want you to find a comfortable place to relax. If you're sitting up in a chair, that's fine, but 
It would be nicer if you're kind of reclined. But you can do it sitting up as long as you can relax and hold your head up. Or maybe you have a chair that your head can relax on. And you can lie down to do this as well. It'll be about 10 minutes. So now, go ahead and take a nice deep breath in. Good, and let it all the way out. Nice, take another nice deep breath in. Let it all the way out. Let your body begin to melt. Feel the tension and tightness leaving your body. Feel every part of your body getting a little bit heavier. Take another nice deep breath and just notice that feeling that you have when all that warmth flows through your body and begins to feel like you're just sinking down into a beautiful, peaceful state of mind. Your body loves feeling this relaxation and letting go of all the thoughts of the day and anything at all that you were doing before this. And in the next few minutes, you'll allow yourself to discover something really beautiful and something really amazing that has always been in you, but now you get to enhance it and feel what it's really like to be free to be a genius or creative or come up with new ideas or solve a problem in a new way. So continue to relax with every breath that you breathe now. Let it go all the way. And as I count from five down to one, let yourself go into that beautiful state where your mind is open, your subconscious is ready, and you want to learn and experience. Ready? Five, four, deeper, three, letting go now, two, there's nothing you have to do, just relax, and one, good. Now I want you to imagine that you're in a beautiful place outside perhaps and you're standing maybe in the middle of a beautiful garden and think about who it is that you feel is a creative genius. Someone who inspires you, comes up with great ideas or has been an innovator for things in your life or long ago someone who lived in another century that was way ahead of her time or his time. Now imagine that that person comes right up to you, walks right up and stands in front of you. Look in those eyes and notice what you see. This person is wise and creative and has come up with brilliant ideas and solved massive problems in many people's lives by being creative. So now, looking in those eyes, just see that wisdom and that higher thinking and the way that their brain has become so sharp and so good at all of these skills. And you notice the way their body is standing there, the way they're breathing, now I want you to let your genius turn around so that you're at facing his or her back. And when I count to three, you're going to step inside of that body, inside of that mind, inside of that heart, and you're going to feel from inside of your genius what it's like to think like that. Ready? 
On the count of three, step in. One, two, three. Good. Now inside of that body, stepping into it, seeing through those eyes now, feeling with that heart, that mind, that soul. Just notice how different your mind feels, how your brain is processing information. Where do these thoughts and ideas come from? Where do the solutions come from? Where do these strokes of brilliance come from? Just feel it for a minute. And let your inner mind borrow the thought process that allows this genius to find creative solutions and new ideas and innovations. Let your mind absorb the process and allow your subconscious mind to find all the information needed to be wiser, sharper, more creative, innovative. Now you know that there's a higher self that can also help you to absorb these abilities and thoughts. Right now, turn it over to your higher self. Perhaps to observe and expand on all the things that make this genius such a genius. Good. Take a really deep breath now. Notice how you feel physically. How does that body feel? Is it strong and sturdy or relaxed and content? Notice the state of mind when you see through those eyes. Is there a feeling of confidence and assurance knowing that you're smarter and wiser and sharper than most people? You think differently. And you like that about yourself. Good. Now I want you to step back out of the body, bringing with you everything that your inner mind learned, everything that your conscious mind learned, everything that your brain absorbed, everything that your inner mind just connected with. So step out of that body. And then have your genius turn back around so you're now face to face. And you can thank her or him for this moment of giving you the ability to feel, to see, to hear, to experience the emotional state, the mental state, the physical state of being a genius. So good. Yeah. So thank him or her in whatever way you like. You can give a big hug or you can shake hands, or you can kiss on both cheeks, and then allow your genius to go on her way or his way. Now, there are times where you want to come up with a brilliant solution for something that you're working on, or perhaps that you want to innovate something, something that doesn't work that well as it is, and you want to find a new way for it to solve a problem or for it to be enhanced. Perhaps you're writing a book and you need an idea to make your characters even more brilliant or tragic or in love or give them conversations that will reach deep into your reader's heart and mind.
Maybe you're working on an invention that needs something more, something that needs to be figured out in order for it to work a little bit better. Or perhaps this genius state will help you to solve problems in computer programming or fixing or repairing things that are complicated. In the next few days, you will notice this feeling of genius. Thoughts that are different than the ones you usually have. Ideas that come to you that you want to act on. And visions and scenarios that are outside of the way you used to think and the way you used to speak and the way you used to look at life. So maybe you will find that there are many new ways, new avenues, and new thoughts that will give you a new path in life or just a little more meaning in your life. Now begin to bring your awareness back here to my voice and to your body. Just feel that sense of emerging, coming back out of trance. Feel that tingle coming up through your toes, all the way up in your legs and waking up your body, going all the way up through your thighs and your hips, coming up your spine like a beautiful light shining on every vertebrae. That beautiful feeling of aliveness going up through your neck into your head, into your face, and you can feel that tingle now. It's reaching down into your fingertips too. And then when I count to five, you will emerge and... On five, you'll be wide awake and clear-headed and refreshed. One, bring the energy into your legs and arms. And two, feel that energy rising in your entire body. Three, you'll be balanced and at peace. And four, your eyes will feel cool and refreshed. And five, wide awake, clear-headed and refreshed. Beautiful. Ah, oh, you can open your eyes now. Yeah, so this was a very short version of doing Borrowed Genius. But in this, it gave your inner mind a feeling of, what if I could think differently? What if I do have some ideas and I just haven't spent enough time daydreaming on them? What if I just have kind of shut down that ability to think smarter or differently or uniquely or creatively and how will you use that? Will you use it for projects of art and have new ideas to make beautiful work? Or maybe you're a musician and you get this really overwhelming desire to write a song. Suddenly all the words are there and all the tune and the melody and everything is there all at once. And you just get to work writing it down and trying it out and writing a piece of music that's beyond what you could have done before. Whatever it is that you need, just do this again if you need to get your mind back into that state of flow. And another way to do it, of course, is if you were to get my Creative Genius program, you could actually experience the entire full experience of creativity. And to do that, you would get... Creative Brilliance, which is, there's seven hypnosis sessions in here. So Creative Brilliance. This is to expand your mind to have new thoughts and new ideas and, and create ideas that come out of nowhere. And Creative Genius. 
This one is like similar to what we just did, but it's a half hour long, 30 minutes long. This one is to get into the head or the body of a genius. Perhaps it's a composer or performer, mathematician, an actor maybe because you need to get on stage. Or maybe you're a speaker and you're afraid of being on stage. Well, I do have another program for that. But you could use this to get into the body of someone who's an amazing speaker. And then you get some of their skills embedded into cells in your body. Mm. So you'll put yourself into their mind and come up with solutions and ideas by borrowing their genius state. And that one will be half an hour. Then there's putting on the head of a genius as well, which is another session. There's something called problem solver. So you'll present a problem in the session. You'll put it away in a special box. And then you'll do a mental task that'll force your subconscious to find a solution while you're using your conscious mind to do a task. The results are really surprising. There's something about distracting yourself once you've put the, you, you've planted the idea or the task that you need or the creative thing you need, and then doing this task, and it kind of makes the creative part work in the background. It's amazing. I can't even hardly figure out how to explain it. But live your dream is the next one. If you've ever wondered if you're not living your purpose, or you feel lost or confused or stuck, this is going to guide you to get your brain to start firing on all those cylinders, even though we don't have cylinders in there, but to, to get you to like have a zest for life again. And then release negative anchors. Remember what I said about the stressful state when you, you can't think creatively because you're too stressed, or you can't spell because you're too stressed, or you can't, you can't concentrate because you have all these old anchors that other people have told you things or you've been put down or made embarrassed or you've just put yourself down when it comes to doing a certain thing. So you're going to get rid of those. And then the clear plastic bag. Oh, I love this. I did this probably 25 years ago. It was amazing. It changed my life. It was a total change. It's just, I can't explain it to you because I don't want you to have any preconceived ideas. It's kind of a surprise the way that it happens. And it, everyone who's written to me about the clear plastic bag, they're like, oh my gosh, whoa, I just, I just had an experience. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> so if you're ready to find out how creative you can really be, because, you know, in every part of our life, we need creativity. This program is called Creative Genius. You'll find it at wendy.com, W-E-N-D-I.com. And when you go there, if you click on the tab on top, all courses, then it will give you a search box and you can just type in creative or genius. Now, next part da, 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 is if you're a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, or someone who works with people and you want to help them with creativity, the thing to do is, well, first of all, you should probably get my program because you'll have a bunch of sessions that once you listen to them, you can use that in order to do sessions with them. So you don't have to make it up or figure it out, but that would be a great way to do it is just um, play it and take some notes for yourself. So that, you know, your creativity in being a hypnotherapist is going to get even better because you're going to be coming up with things for your clients that are like real insights and brilliance and um, something just comes right out of nowhere <laughs> that's perfect for your client. But if you're going to be working with your client, 
you know, talk to them first about explaining what the session's going to be, if it's going to be putting on the head of a genius or if it's going to be stepping into the body of a genius and find out what the thing is that they need creativity with or what do they need to get unstuck from because maybe they have always been creative and they're just in a really bad space in their life where they haven't engaged in that beautiful free thinking, that flow state that we all love. So find out what it is that's happening and then go through, you know, do maybe one of the sessions a day or you could do a couple of them in a session with you and give them a different way of feeling and thinking and bring back their desire to really live their life. Now, when I talk about the mind machines, in building those for your uh, clients, you're going to want to build a machine that is specific to what they need. And this is not hard to do. Don't think that you can't figure this out. You're going to help them by making sure that each machine in their brain that performs a specific function has its own color, its own texture, its own shape. We want the brain, in theory, to be storing information and skills that are specific to that part of the task. So when I would work with a golfer, one of the machines is for driving the ball, one of them is for chipping, one is for putting, one is for winning. And we put stuff into each machine, different physical states as we, you know, rehearse it in their mind, different mental states, different actions and computations. If I wanted to make a mind machine to do a function like the spelling, so this one, of course, you heard about it earlier, but to create it, we want the person to have a lot of success discovering that they can spell, but they've just been you know, traumatized or something happened that made it really difficult. So take some time to explain how the machine is going to use their subconscious ability or unconscious ability to find the information needed and do it with solid confidence, knowing that they do know how to spell. Their brain is really, really sharp. And it isn't that they can't spell. It's just that there's something being triggered that is probably from a long time ago, but we're going to start fresh. So make that machine and then test it. And notice that in the wording of the spelling machine, I say, you know, okay, here's the word. When you hear it, it will go into that one end of the machine. The machine will have the letters come out on the other side, spelled correctly. So then you have them put it in there. And what this does is it makes them not access the part of their brain where they were putting effort into spelling, where they weren't accessing all the emotions and the fear and the beliefs about being a bad speller and not being able to spell. So we're kind of creating a clean slate. So then make that machine, have them tell you what colors it is, if it has knobs and levers, and have them describe it. And st start with some really easy words, like especially if they're a kid, we don't want them to like feel like they're going to get stumped right off the bat. So maybe some easy words, like you say, okay, put the word sun into the machine. 
and they put the word sun in and say, now the letters come out on the other side. Tell me what those letters are. So I'm not saying, how is it spelled? You could say that, but maybe spelled is a trigger word for them. <clears throat> so we're just going to say, tell me what letters you see. And then they'll say S-U-N. And what do you notice about those letters? He said, oh, they're yellow and gold, and they're like really, they look warm. So sometimes our brain can help us by attaching certain colors or textures to things so we can remember them. And the mind machines themselves, you want them to be unique, so that's why I'm mentioning putting buttons or levers or things that just make it completely unique for its function. You can use these machines for so many things and help people in so many ways. Like, what if you have a client who's in a marriage that she's really frustrated with and she just has arguments with her husband, maybe he's really demanding or he feels disappointed in her or whatever's going on. I'm just making up a scenario. Could you make a machine that would give her all the qualities that she wants, such as, you know, make it a beautiful machine, make it have like something that really represents, you know, just her beauty and her strength and all those things. Maybe ask her to put into that machine the ways that she's strong, the things that she's really good at when she's being strong and she's certain of herself. And then maybe put another thing into that machine that is that I am worthy of being loved and respected and I will always be loved and respected and have that be something, a representation of something that goes in there. Have her put into that machine the things that she's very skilled at and that she's really good at and that make her know that she's very worthy of the love and respect and having a really good life and a really happy relationship. So I haven't made a machine for this. I'm just kind of spitballing here. But <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to put those things in there and also have her really connect with what she's putting in there. So here's this machine that is about you being strong, being compassionate, having worthiness, and doing this from all the things in your life that do bring you these, even though you might not have felt these in a long time, but they're in that machine. And now, if there's a time where you're being confronted or you're feeling uncomfortable or you're feeling like shutting down because of difficulties with your husband, your machine is going to come into your mind, beautiful, bright, light, the colors, everything there is going to feel so good. And that machine is going to bring out all the things that you know that you are, that you're worthy, you're strong, you're compassionate, you respect yourself, and you deserve to be respected, and that you will come up with more creative ways from inside of that machine that will come out and show you how to creatively have a better relationship and how to connect again with your husband in a really healthy way, something like that. Well, that would probably be a really nice thing for someone to have a different place they come from when there's conflict. Because maybe, you know, just as an example, of course, that maybe she really shuts down when, when he gets demanding. And now she's going to take a different stance. But 
Other things you can do with creative genius. If someone is struggling with learning an instrument or uh, maybe learning a new skill at work that they need to learn and they just get really frustrated. And of course, when you're frustrated, you can't really be creative and think of ideas and hold things in your memory. Or if someone feels like they're studying for a big exam, like they've got a career thing they've got to do and they've got to pass a certain exam, do the mind machines like I did for the woman who was taking the bar exam. Break down what the elements are of the exam that they need to know. Are there different sections of it? Are there different processes? Are there um, different like hardware, software, um, things that they have to figure out? Like does the exam include answering really complex questions? So then each machine, again, is going to have a different color, different texture, uh, different shape. And then they're going to put specific information into that machine that deals with that part of the exam or the questions or the process that it takes to figure it out. And so you'll have several of these machines. Some of them might work together. And you will let their subconscious mind know which things need to work together to access the information. And then tell them that when they're studying for that exam, that if they would first just close their eyes and take a few breaths and acknowledge all the machines and the functions that they have, so that when they study, the information goes into the proper machine to store it for them so that it'll be recalled very easily later. And then you can set all that up for them to have all these creative machines. And your client is going to help you with that because you're going to ask them what that machine looks like. If that machine has a certain function or it remembers specific things that they need for the exam or for the promotion or whatever it is. All right, now I hope I have inspired you and given you some ideas about how you can be smarter, happier, healthier, more creative. It's so cool. The things that you can come up with in the ideas and the solutions that you can, you can find by doing the creative genius, stepping inside of it, or putting on the head of a genius, or creating the mind machines to process information below our conscious awareness much more easily than we thought we could. And having that creativity just make your life so much more full and richer and happier. And I mean, for people who are geniuses who constantly have these flashes of insight and these ideas and think, oh, I got to go test this. I got to see if this will work. This might be it. This might be the answer. Well, maybe they are just inspired all the time by all these thoughts they have. And you could be inspired too by having new thoughts and new ideas. Then you can go crush it <laughs> and live a little bigger life. I'm going to let you go. Remember, if you want to get Creative Genius with all seven sessions at 30% off, the code is MINDLOVE, all one word because you love your mind, MINDLOVE. Quit saying negative things to yourself. Quit putting yourself down. Love your mind and your heart and your body and your soul and all that you are and all that you are becoming. And if you do notice yourself saying something negative to yourself, don't beat yourself up further and go, damn it, why did I say that? I'm so stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to say mean things ever again. Now, instead, what you do is you just, you notice that and you say, huh, that was interesting. That's not who I am. 
What I am is a strong and capable and beautiful woman. And so what you're doing, if you immediately do that and you shift it gently, you're putting this new statement into the place where that other emotion was held. And it's, it's a good habit to get into to just keep replacing the negativity and the self-talk that is so destructive with something else. So notice it. Notice the little whisper even of even the slightest thing that sneaks in and says, oh, God, I'm just, why, why did I do that? I'm always doing that. You just stop, take a breath. I'd say, no, 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 I, I've got this. I'm doing good. It'll get easier, whatever you want to say, but do something that is positive. Now I'm going to let you go. You have a fantastic rest of your day, and I hope our little mini creative genius session sticks with you for not just the rest of the day, but for the rest of your life. All right, over and out. <laughs> you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.